Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dobry večer and welcome to the Bohemian Podcast with Pete Coleman and Travis Dow. Welcome to the Bohemian Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Coleman. And I'm Travis Dow from the History of Alchemy Podcast. Tonight, we hit the ice for a closer look at the most popular spectator sport in the Czech Republic. Ice hockey is our focus tonight on the Bohemian Podcast. There is such a rich tradition here that would rival, and in many sports minds, surpass the hockey national powerhouse such as Russia, Sweden, and Canada. And this rich tradition does carry a lot of hardware, as we'll focus a little later on here, with the trophies and medals won by the Czech Republic. Some of the Republic's most favorite sons have made significant contributions to the National Hockey League in North America, including Yamir Jager, uh, netminer Dominic Hasek, and Bobby Holik. In fact, the Czechs have the third most championships after Russia and Canada, which is, you know, considering the size of the country and all that, that's quite the accomplishment. The national team has produced numerous championship squads, bringing home the precious metal hardware in the 98 Nagano Winter Olympics, several world championship gold medals in 2010, 5, 01, 2000, 1999, 1996. I mean, yeah, think about Czechoslovakia, think about Russia and Canada or the Czech Republic now, it's, it's incredible. Well, Travis, let's go in a little bit into the history before we kind of catch you up to modern times and some of the players that help uh, mold this international powerhouse. The history is pretty rich. To give some of the highlights, it took off in the 19th century, and again, it's a way to publicly beat Austrians, right? The growing pains were difficult for the Czechs as they tried to learn the game, which is hard to imagine today, but right. a game they called 
handy hockey with a with a J is how it's spelled, a sport in which skaters struck the ball with a golf-like swing, sending the ball bouncing down the ice. And that's not a typo, Travis. They used a ball. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> right. if you can even imagine that. Now, later, uh, they began to play the more proper version with a little help from some Canadian influences, of course. Techniques like carrying the puck as if it were glued to the stick and firing only when approaching the net was something that had to be taught to the Czechs as they took uh, the training to heart, increasing their skating skills and their defense as well. So, if you can imagine the time of the turn of the century, team sports on almost every level of team sports across the globe uh, were really brand new and in their infancy, and we're including... Uh, American-style football, we're including rugby, we're, to, we're including the, the international game of soccer, or as we know here in, in Europe, also called football. Really uh, a time for sports to kind of come yeah. together. Sure. And Czech Republic wanted to take part in this. And one of the things that they had to do was learn how to play the, the sport correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sport wasn't played in nice sort of rinks now that the cities put together uh, multi-million dollar f- facades and, and, and proper smooth ice. It was done on frozen ponds. Much like you would see in, in Canadian lore, the frozen, the frozen ponds would happen, of course, in, in, in late autumn. wouldn't be vacated until late spring because it was always used by people trying to, to learn the craft of hockey. Of course, if you ever played hockey uh, on a frozen pond, it is not smooth. It is rough. It's got bumps. It's got frozen twigs sticking out. So uh, it really is kind of a, a really nitty-gritty sort of sport down to its very essence. And the Czechs had to learn how to play on that type of surface in the very beginning. In uh, 1909, after the first clubs were founded, the Czechs were invited to Chamonix, France, to play in international competition for the very first time. So they're still part of Austria-Hungary in this time, right? Right. The Czechs lost every game in that tournament. They weren't done learning, and they certainly didn't give up. By the mid-1930s, the Czech teams were a much tougher squad. And this, this is an interesting tidbit here, that in 1938, they beat the Germans on the exact same day that Hitler threatened them. Wow, that's so that's serendipitous, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> it might have it might have fed the anger. Actually, you know, yeah. I like to imagine that you know Hitler makes this threat of of invasion, and they say, "Okay, all right," and they just take it out on the German uh, hockey team. If you can imagine, on the eve of World War II, the Czechs were were coming into their own as a as a national uh, uh, hockey powerhouse, especially within Europe. Their internationally, their their reputation was growing. Then enter World War II, everything basically stops and halts. We get through World War II, and the survival of the, the Czech nation is really at risk here, but the teams start coming back together to kind of put a, a national fo- a, a focus back into uh, living life again. And I think that's one of the best things about sports. Travis, you probably remember this after, uh, to put an American spin on this, after 9-11, uh, it was very difficult in the United States to um, uh, think that life could go on. But within a week's time, college football was starting again. Professional yeah. football was starting. Baseball, I remember the Yankees were, were at the time in New York, and, and so were the Mets, uh, you know, trying to do a, a playoff push. Life did go on, and sports kind of helped that, that mm-hmm. healing process, right? Yeah. So same thing happened here in Czech Republic with hockey. The healing process continued. In 1947 and 1949, the Czechs won the world championships both those years and delivered the championship to this nation. The excitement, however, would be tempered in 1949 by two benchmark events. And Travis, one was a plane crash that killed six members of the squad that were flying to London for a tournament. And then something later that year in 49 happened that was kind of influential, wasn't it? Yeah, the, that's, that's the year that the communists were voted into power. So then they kind of took over. And so. th- things changed after that point, uh, especially not only uh, in sports, but across the board in, in every aspect of Czech life. Yeah. And then that's, that's also... Um, kind of the, the time when, when the Soviet Union 
arrived on the scene in the international kind of hockey hockey scene, especially in the 50s. And the Czechoslovaks, as a, as a communist nation at this time, regularly fought Sweden and Canada for silver, silver and bronze medals, but on occasions even beat the Soviets in head-to-head -head tilts. In fact, they, in total, they won the gold medal six times. Amazing. And this is, again, you know, not everybody liked their Soviet overlords. And again, <laughs> it's kind of a, a way to, um, you know, prove yourself as a nation at least on the rink if not in political life or or even private life Let, let's put let's put a little bit of context to this travis when you walk down the streets in prague here you'll see these holders these these metal holders outside buildings right. um and they're they're meant for what travis oh for the for the big communist party flags and exactly May Day and yeah. people would come up to you there be, there would be somebody that lived in your apartment there's one on my floor <laughs> right outside my window yeah exactly yeah. they're still there today mm -hmm. they're, they're not occupied by any flag a flagpole or anything, but that's what they were used for. There would be somebody that would be a party member, might be the owner of the building of your flat or whatnot, that would notice that you didn't have your, your Soviet flag hanging outside the window. And yeah. they would come up to you and say, hey, I noticed you haven't hung out your Soviet flag. Why is that? I think it'd be best if you hang out your Soviet flag, you know, the, yeah. Yeah, the, the sickle and the hammer. And of course, if you valued anything that your job or any future developments you want to have or even your flat, you would go up there and, and hang out that, that red and, and flag with the yellow hammer and sickle. So just kind of get that sort of idea out there. You were forced to be part uh, and party of the, the communist regime, even if you were part of Czechoslovakia as a Czech Czechoslovak. Uh, so when you had the opportunity to really let your colors fly as a Czech Slovak, yeah. you did it. And sports really well, kind of brought that out. Yeah, and in the same vein, in 1969, remember we did an episode on the, on the Prague Spring, right? So in 1969, in the World Championships, some players pasted red tape over the red star on their jerseys because they had red jerseys, so, you know, it would just kind of blend in. And uh, it's that time. It's the Prague Spring. And on the day of that win, and again, it's, it's you know, to just to show their anti-communist kind of sympathies. And on the day that they won... Um, a communist dr dressed as a hockey fan started to dismantle the Aeroflot building on Wenceslav Square, Aeroflot being the uh, uh, Russian airlines. And so this was a communist doing it, and that was to make it seem like a provocation that can then be squelched. And that's we talked about the Velvet Revolution and that kind of conspiracy theory that it right. was started, in, in started by the secret police, right. yeah, like 20 years later. So same thing, but this actually supposedly really did happen this way. And thousands of hockey fans helped the, the guy dismantle that Aeroflot, Aeroflot building. And um, that was actually what led up to the end of the Prague Spring. So some hockey we, connection to that. Yep. So hockey, a big win in hockey. These hooligans go out, start dismantling a Russian building. And the next thing we know, we got tanks rolling up once soft square. Amazing. So I, one thing that I take away from this, Travis, is that you know, the Soviet Union, uh, as an Olympic power, uh, for its years of existence was was amazing uh, that they they had it was basically a machine it had a huge propaganda p potential you know you win the gold medals no matter what else is wrong in your country for those Olympic Games you're a hero so yep you're on top of the world you know Travis in the 1990s and the 2000s they, this really kind of uh, brought the established Czechs Czechs as a powerhouse in, in onto a world stage they won the world championships in Vienna in 1996 following a strong run in the years 1999 to, through 2001, when they won three times in a row, beating Slovakia and Finland twice. 
The crowning achievement, however, stands with the Winter Olympic Games in Nagano, Japan in 1998 when they won the gold medal with Dominant Hasek uh, as a netminder in, in that game. Uh, I remember staying up late and watching that in the States. Of course, the time difference was, was, was brutal <laughs> for the Winter Olympics to watch that. But mm -hmm. it was an amazing run, culminating in the victory, I believe, over the Russians uh, for the gold medal. Going into the 21st century, they uh, have held their own in, in numerous world championships. And, and I think one of the things that sets them up as, as a powerhouse is the people that feed into that. And we, we would say the farm system in the United States. But here, the, the Czech Extra Liga, which is the professional league here in the Czech Republic that represents, I think, about, I want to say, 12 or 13 uh, different cities and different teams throughout the, the Republic, really feed into this with really great talent. Um, the international appearances, of course, kind of uh, really take the, the television time, but if you want to really get a good sense of what hockey means to the Czech people, you need to take yourself down to one of these extra league games and really take in the experience. It's kind of like going to a, a college football game in a lot of respects. Some of these, some of these local teams, for instance, there's Prague Sparta, and the rival Slavia, which is the same thing for soccer. They have the same same names, right? Yeah. Could you and, explain that a little bit more, Travis? Because a lot of people don't know that that it's the same color system, it's the same same name between the football and the hockey. It's kind of like a kind of like college almost a little bit, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. So they have the same. Yeah. Exactly. Sparta and Slavia and. You could be a hockey fan, you could be a soccer fan, and you could be rooting for two different teams with the same name, basically. It, yeah, to give you that, that, that sort of balance of what you might see in the American university sports system, it's pretty much like a crossover. You, you would, for example, think of following your college alma mater, like the University of Texas football and their baseball team, or right. at Michigan State in basketball and hockey. It's got the same chants, the same colors, usually the same fan base. So when you, when you get yourself into uh, the kind of sports system here in Prague, uh, you say you're a Slavia man or you're a Prague, or you're a Prague uh, Sparta man, you pretty much know where your allegiances lie. There may be more parity in the league today with various clubs winning the crown and producing superb season. The, like, for instance, the fan bases in Pilsen and Brno are fierce. They, they are. Um, Travis, there, there is a, uh, kind of a really healthy rivalry between the city of Prague and Brno. Right uh, or, or unhealthy? Yeah, or unhealthy, depending. I mean, so there's a lot of jokes that go back and forth. They're really two different sort of cities. One's in Mora and one's in Moravia on the other side of the nation, and one and Prague, of course, is the main capital of the country here. Um, it, it is a it is a personality difference, and I think you do see that in 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 their sports as well. I had the opportunity to go to a couple uh, games in person, especially with um, with uh, Sparta, and they're at the old Tesla Arena, which I think is. It has been called the T-Mobile Arena. I think it's a Tesla now, but uh, it is an old stadium that can seat, I think, about 16,000, uh, 17,000 fans, and it gets raucous in there. They've got cheerleaders, which is a little strange for hockey. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they've got a giant jumbotron. They put a lot of uh, almost NHL-type atmosphere inside. Yeah. Well, inside. this is their sport. This and is their thing. And, and, and they have flags and banners like they would at a, at football, at a football match here. Sure. It, it gets pretty crazy there. So I had a really great time when I went to see that. Uh, of course, I only go to the main games with, when Slavia plays Sparta. Uh, there seems to be a lot of uh, uh, good tension <laughs> there yeah. as well. But there is also another team that is uh, based uh, with the, the Russian KHL. So the Russian-based KHL has kind of these satellite teams throughout Europe. So they're part of this one league, but you know they might be locally based. So in 2012, the KHL included the Prague team in their high-octane league with Praha Lev, which means the Lions. Um, they play at the same stadium with Sparta Praha with an occasional game at the modern O2 Arena, which is home of Slavia 
Slavia yeah, the Slavia Club. Um, O2 Arena is really slick, by the way. It is it is not the experience when you go see Sparta at their home stadium. O2 Arena is a multi-million dollar facility. It's very nice. There's a lot of nice food kiosks there. Uh -huh. um, it's, a, it's a premier spot for concerts and uh, other sporting events in, in Prague. There is a sort of a different sort of feel between the two clubs in that sense. But Praha Lev uh, is interesting. The KHL is a really up-and-coming sort of organization. You might have heard... There was a plane crash a few years ago with the Moscow locomotive team, one of the more successful teams in the KHL that everyone was lost, including a couple NHL uh, stars and coaches that were, were lost in that plane crash. And it kind of brought the KHL to an international sort of level of knowledge because, unfortunately, of that tragic event. What else brought, that, brought the KHL into the spotlight was the NHL lockout a few years ago, where all of the Russians and a few other folks that wanted to keep their skills up while the NHL was locked out to negotiations, half, more than half the season was lost in the National Hockey League. They came to the KHL, and so you actually had the chance here in Prague to see some of the best-named stars like uh, uh, Ovechkin and, and uh, Simon, Alexander Simon, uh, come in to play <laughs> uh, to see this. Now, one thing that has been done for the past few years is that there's been the introductory weekend for the NHL in, in Prague where they will have NHL teams kick off their uh -huh. regular season here in Prague and also in Stockholm on the same weekend. So you might get to see the Boston Bruins take on the Carolina Hurricanes here in Prague uh -huh. at the O2 yep. Arena. But, man, those tickets are expensive. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it is crazy. I mean, you're going to see, like, the premier league in the world, the NHL, have showcase some teams. You won't be able to get a ticket. Mm -hmm. You know, so it, it is a passion here that is uh, hard to be rivaled in at a place maybe outside of Canada that is uh, pretty amazing. But the Praha Lev is a, is a, uh, a team that's kind of licking their wounds. They're, they're having a rough time keeping up with the rest of the league, but they do stay in this league. Uh, I think that they uh, will have a pretty strong fan base as the years go on. And what about the um, the Pilsen team? Yeah, is, the Pilsen. Isn't there something with their logo? Yeah, it's a, kind of a neat sort of deal. They for for years they they held the uh, Skoda um, Auto Plant in in Pilsen. Uh, besides, Mlada uh, Bolasov had had a plant there, but they're also uh, um, uh, Pilsen was was making parts and whatnot for uh, the Skoda Car Company, and uh, they had the Skoda logo, which they still have on their alternative jerseys. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, very proudly wearing. Wearing that, but it, at, at, about three or four years ago, they decided to go with um, the uh, Indian head logo, the Native American Indian head logo that was used on the tank, the American tank division that liberated Pilsen in 1945. It's kind of a tip to the cap to the Americans, and now they're one of the powerhouses in the league, which is amazing. Now, there's another team that's just north of Prague in a town called Kladno. Yeah, it's kind of like an not a suburb, but it's it's like an industrial base of, of the central Bohemian region, like right near Prague. So blue collar. I mean, it's yeah. it's a rough and tumble sort of town, um, and that is actually where you might have heard this name before, Yammer Yager. He actually hailed from there. He that's where his hometown is, and in Kladno. And Yammer Yager, of course, being uh, definitely a Hall of Famer when he eventually will retire from the NHL, uh, with all those years with the Pittsburgh Peng uh, Penguins and several stints throughout the league as a journeyman now, uh, giving his experience to several other NHL clubs. He decided during the NHL lockout a few years ago to come back to Claude now, not only play but also partially coach, and start pumping money into rebuilding their stadium there. And as, as it is in the United States and through Canada, your hockey team represents your city. In a lot of ways, mm -hmm. and this tough-nosed sort of Claudno team has got a, a new logo. It's 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 got uh -huh. it's got the Winchester sort of helmet 
you know, okay. uh, yeah. uh, as a marauder on the front and uh, very passionate fans in Kaladno for sure. And uh, he really kind of sparked that kind of franchise development again in his hometown. So, so Travis, you know, I, I think it was important for us to do a show on this. Uh, you know, we really have a lot of heavy topics on the Bohemian podcast from war to political upheaval to, uh, you know, uh, maybe the occult. Sometimes we talk about those type of things. It's nice to talk about sports every once in a while or something a little bit lighthearted. Well, yeah, and the reason I like I like to talk about this one, this show really, it kind of like the Sokol show, where it just goes to show that the Czechs, while being a part of another country, embraced something and said, you know what, okay, we're not, we can't be politically active, like we're not allowed to be, but so we're going to show these bullies what's up in the ring. And, and uh, they did that. So it's, it's just kind of like Sokol, this is something that they could beat the Austrians at, then later the Germans, and then the Russians, and they can show them in some way their own kind of their own version of defiance and, you know, hold their own. If so you, I, it's really kind of cool. And if I you mean, don't think some of that has, has rubbed off on the current generation of hockey fans, just go down to Old Town Square uh, in downtown Prague when the national team is playing a big, big game, especially against Russia, and see that yeah. they brought a, a giant jumbotron, on, and they put uh-huh. it out there, and you've got several thousand people just drinking beer <laughs> like any other yeah. uh, hockey-loving fan and really uh, enjoying what, what they're watching. They really get behind this team. Yeah, and it's, and it's definitely the national pastime. It's you know kind of like baseball is to the States. There might be more soccer fans out there, but this is their national game. This is it. If you want to bring patriotism into sports, this is where they go wild. That's this right. is definitely the Czechs game. Well, we want to thank you very much for listening tonight. I hope you enjoyed our, our, hockey, our hockey talk uh, on this uh, edition of the Bohemian Podcast. We'll be back with you very soon. Yep. Thanks. Take care. You have been listening to the Bohemian Podcast with Pete Coleman and Travis Doe. Visit bohemican.com for more information on this episode, other episodes, and much more information about history, traditions, and culture in the Czech Republic. Find us on iTunes, subscribe, and review, and don't forget to rate us. We would love to hear from you. Send comments, ideas, and corrections on our comments page on bohemican.com. Or get in touch via Facebook or Twitter. Tune in to our sister podcast, History of Alchemy, which is also on iTunes or on historyofalchemy.com. Until next time on the Bohemian Podcast, thank you for listening.